Hi, my name is Cynthia Mooney, and you're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association, Oklahoma. I work as the Children's Behavioral Health Community Coordinator, and I'm also a board member of the Oklahoma Association for Infant Mental Health. And I'm very excited today that we are being joined by three extremely talented and wonderful women that are working in the field of infant and early childhood mental health. So Ashley, would you start? Sure. Hi, my name is Ashley Kraft. I am the owner of Balanced Perspectives LLC in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Autumn? I'm Autumn Cooper. I am the co-owner of Nurturing Mamas Network in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and a board member for the Oklahoma Association of Infant Mental Health. Thank you. And lastly, Stacey Leakey. Hi, my name is Stacy Lakey, and I am a consultant and the owner of O2 Consulting, also in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I have had the privilege of working with each of these women for several years. And one of the neat things is that we're all extremely passionate about infant and early childhood mental health. But we recognize sometimes that that is maybe a field or an aspect of mental health that doesn't get discussed very often. And so I'd like to just start by maybe having you guys explain what is infant mental health? What does it mean to you? What does that look like? Ashley, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think one of the things that's important to remember when you think about what infant mental health is, is people picture a baby, but it's never just a baby. It's a baby with someone. And so it's one of the things I love most about infant mental health is that it's it's about relationships between young children and the people that care for them. That's beautiful. So I will out myself. I've actually known Ashley Kraft since before I was a mother. And motherhood and being a parent is probably one of the most humbling experiences of my life. But I I have learned so much about being a parent because of the field that I work in. So why is infant mental health important? What what is it about that 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 people need to recognize? Stacy, would you share your thoughts on that? I think that working with a developmental lens makes me so much more aware of why I may be experiencing the person who's in front of me, the way that I'm experiencing them, and in recognizing why that person may be presenting the way they are or needing something from me in the way that they're needing it from me. And I think once you have that lens, it's a lens you kind of can't turn off. So you sort of become responsible for looking for what's underneath what you're experiencing in interaction with people. So I feel like that's super important. Ashley, do you have anything to add? I think it's important and it's a little bit scary, both thinking about being, you know, so young that I didn't have my own children. And now my children are well past infancy and early childhood. It's the intensity of the of development, how quickly it happens in this age range and how much is happening in inside little people that we kind of tend to think of as just this blank slate, which is so not the case. And just the, the fact that there's this rapid development happening and it's laying down this architecture for what's going to happen in the brain and how emotions are going to work and how this child's going to think about all their future relationships in such a fast time period is it just makes it so rewarding to be a part of that work, but also a little bit scary because it does feel like there's some intensity around time. Autumn, how do you feel about that? And I think, yeah, Ashley, I kind of follow that, like the idea of how much neurodevelopment is happening, what's happening in those little brains and how plastic it is. I think it's a beautiful thing to get to witness generational trauma falling to the side and babies getting a, a bigger, a bigger foundation, a stronger foundation to grow out of. I mean, that's beautiful to me to get to witness the cycles being broken. 
That's a beautiful point, Autumn. I think with the work that I know each of you has done, that has been one of the key components is really breaking some of those cycles. Would would you guys be willing to share a little bit about that process? Stacey, we can start with you. It's a daunting thing that you're talking about, right? Like if a family is going to let you see, right? Then there's the awe at them trusting you enough to lay down those things that Autumn is referring to, you know, to put those, they've kind of become ways to keep people far away, right? Like pain becomes this, this thing that keeps people far away. And for someone to offer to lay that down and to let you into that and to grow out of it is just a huge honor. We joke sometimes about how it also makes us the really weird person to talk to. And like, you know, you go to a cocktail party and people want to know what you do for a living. It's a weird thing to say you work in infant mental health and child trauma. But I think inside all of us, we really wish to be able to describe how really beautiful that process is to be trusted that much, how daunting it feels to help guide a family through that and how grateful you are when you see like, holy cow, little humans really thrive and parents come back online with their babies. That's a really big deal. Ashley, how about for you? Yeah, it feels really sacred and like a humongous honor to be welcomed into someone's world in that way. This work is really intimate. You know, as you get older and in age, in terms of who you work with, a lot of times there starts to be a lot more ability of the therapist to kind of separate yourself from the reality of the client and kind of have these kind of semi-rigid boundaries around that. I mean, you still have boundaries, but it changes you. It, 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 you have to show up. Who you are has to show up because there is nothing more intimate than that relationship between a parent and their child. And you can't be fake in that. You have to be working with your heart online as well as your brain. And so that's that makes it a fun challenge. That makes it really a satisfying kind of thing to do for a living for me. I've seen a cartoon and I don't remember who did it, but it was a psychiatrist or psychologist standing over a crib and saying, tell me about your childhood holding an ink blot." Clearly that is not what infant and early childhood mental health entails. Autumn, what is what does a day in the life kind of look like? You know, I think the thing that makes infant mental health different than other types of mental health that I've practiced is that we really dig deep. We dig deeper with moms and caregivers and babies. Like we we ask a lot of really deep questions. We're asking them to really come to the table with things that they probably have never spoken out loud. And so, you know, I think we get this opportunity. And I, I think Ashley, you nailed it. Like it's a privilege. It is a complete privilege to be in the in this in the room with these little babies and their grownups and helping them kind of unpack what might interfere with bonding and attachment and connection. And so I, yeah, a day in the life looks like getting to just witness love grow and witness connections be getting strengthened. And uh, it's again, like the ultimate privilege. I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing anything differently. Stacy, what are your thoughts on that? It looks like spending a lot of time on the floor and getting really comfortable, like just really being who you are, because if, if they're going to do what Autumn's saying, right? Like if they're going to come in and, and really be themselves, they should be able to expect that we're going to come in and be right there with them. So like when you said a day in the life, I'm thinking, oh, what does that look like if you're a fly on the wall? Well, it looks like being on the floor all day and really being right in the center of those interactions that are happening or aren't happening, right? And placing yourself there so that a parent feels the confidence of a partner who's there with them, kind of reworking those things that we want to work well. 
Ashley, what are your thoughts? It means that we get to play with really great toys too. We have um, fabulous toys and fabulous (laughs) books, children's books. And we spend a lot of time thinking about the things that are important in really young child's lives, like routines, like sleep and bedtime and bath time and meals and, you know, reading books and really working with caregivers and little ones together to understand where they might be missing each other, how they're dance between each other could improve, how they could understand and pace themselves for each other's emotional experience a little bit better. Because sometimes, you know, a caregiver may have had something really hard happen in their life and their child may remind them of that thing. Maybe their child was present. Maybe their child looks like someone who hurt them. And that child doesn't mean to be a reminder of that trauma. That child doesn't mean to look like that person that scares them. But we can't change the fact that that is also true. So what we can do is start to help them understand that for each other and start to make that really connecting that experience to the emotion of that experience and make meaning of it so that so that we can reduce the distress that they feel together and reduce maybe danger that might come up in those moments. So those are some of the things that we spend time working on with families. I can tell you that just knowing about early childhood experiences, knowing about development and and healthy attachments and all of those things that I that I got to practice on, I hate to say this, but kind of on other people's children because of the work that I was doing, I got to sort of go through some of those things and recognize them before I became a parent. And it made my experience as a mother then richer because I recognized all that was happening in those moments, like you had said earlier about how how much occurs in the brain in those first three years, how much is happening in each of those moments. But it allowed me because I kind of knew the science behind it. It allowed me to take more joy and pleasure in it as a parent. And quite honestly, I'll be very frank, also laden on quite a bit of guilt because I also knew when I was missing my marks as a parent. But but that knowledge really helped give me that those tools to work with and really recognizing the value of bath time, you know, and how that was enough for me as a mom is to be able to be present at bath time, even if the rest of it was kind of nutty and chaotic at home. Ashley, how about for you? I was just thinking about what you were saying about you know, that you actually, because of childcare background, probably were more prepared for infant mental health than many therapists are as they walk into it. Because we usually don't get a lot of training on child development in, in graduate school. And so often it's something that you know young professionals who want to work in this area have to work really hard to learn about. Like what does normal development look like so that you notice when something is maybe off track or where a baby might be struggling. But also I also also thinking about the experience of doing the work and then becoming a parent and it really enhancing my experience of being a therapist to then be a parent because there are things that hook you or get you as a parent when it's your child that don't when it's not your child. I mean, a child can spit on me when they're not my kid and it means something really different than if my kid looks me in the eye and does that, you know? Autumn? 
you know, and I think too about the concept, you know, bringing it back to Cynthia, this idea that like, you didn't know what you didn't know, like when you were parenting and how we all blow it. Like one of the things that I keep in mind and I try to teach everybody I come into contact with is that where you blow it, those ruptures are where resilience and the templates for repair and the templates for making corrections and developing accountability all occur. So it's kind of refreshing to me to think of as a parent is like, I have to screw up so that my children get these well-rounded skills sets that help them navigate adulthood and navigate adolescence. And so that's the thing I think to keep in mind with infant mental health is that we are not just thinking about that baby. We're thinking about who that baby will be. That it's a big deal. Absolutely. Yes. There, I think that you learn just as much. I mean, we talk about this in education all the time. You learn just as much, if not more from your failures than you do from your successes, because that's where you learn what doesn't work and how to fix that. And I think that that absolutely comes into play with relationships 100% and parenting a thousand percent. How has it impacted you? We'll start with you, Ashley you know, really all of those times where you mess up are opportunities for strengthening relationship. It's just that we get so caught up in the shame and the moment and the feels kind of unrecoverable that we don't always take advantage of those opportunities. And that's one of the things that infant mental health providers do is help parents learn how to take advantage of the opportunities to fix things that they broke. Stacy, It is a little bit like taboo busting, right? Because what we're sitting here saying you know, isn't what society expects of parents, right? Everybody has this idea of what it looks like to always have the right answer, to have always said it in a tempered voice, to have never blown it, to, you know, like what we say we expect through our social guidelines and expectations isn't what real life looks like. And so in that way, I feel like infant mental health is sort of like, okay, let's get real about what relationships look like and about how we stumble and we're sometimes clunky. And I think using those clunky moments, like you're talking about about autumn like holy cow the clunky moment is a it builds capacity in my child and in my relationship with them to learn about how we make amends with each other to sort of wrap it up if you and all you guys can each answer from your perspective what supports do children and families need from their community for healthy infant and early childhood mental health we'll start with you ashley My one thing would be that all adults would understand and remember, despite the fact that it's hard and we don't want to know this, that bad things that happen, scary things that happen in children's, young children's lives are things that impact them. They remember with their bodies they have. And in fact, they usually don't have words to talk, to to encode those memories with. And so those memories are stored as moments of intensity and we can make so much difference in how those moments go for children if they aren't alone in those moments. If someone is keeping in mind the fact that they might remember this, that they will have an impact from what they just experienced. And if someone is able to just be present with them during, after, and keep in mind that it may be showing up for them in, you know, the way that they eat, sleep, disruptions in their routines, the way that they think about whether they're safety and safe in the world or not, whether they expect people to come and take care of them or not. Stacy, everybody needs to understand that at the end of the day, we all still function like little babies as a grown up. If I don't have safety and I don't have somebody to co-regulate with, then I can't explore my environment and learn and grow and thrive and do all of those things. And we work so hard sometimes to deliver knowledge to people that we're not in relationship with. And it just falls short. It just 
it, when we're, we're not ready to learn if we're not safe and we're not ready to learn if we're not regulated. And so what I wish people understood is that our best intentions and our smartest interventions are only as good as our ability to really be with people and create safety. Because I think we just, we waste a lot of money. We sometimes provide harm to families because we have a tendency to point out their failures to be able to change the dynamics in their family when it's really our failure to be able to deliver what's really needed, which is safety and regulation. So I just wish we like all got that. We could agree on it. It could be base knowledge and then we could like move on and do everything else. Autumn? I, th- I think I'd like everybody to understand that connection is protection and that we get an opportunity when we interact with little humans and, and tiny babies and their grownups that we get an opportunity to help them learn about the protective capacities that they can deliver and have been and will continue to bring to the table for their own little humans. And I think that that's I think that's the huge thing about infant mental health is that we get to teach how how deeply important connection is so that children feel protected, safe, and can grow to be healthy, happy adults. Oh, what a wonderful world. Ladies, thank you so much for your time. And I do believe that we will continue some other conversations regarding this because it is such a huge topic and it's the foundation for all of it. And so, you know, I, I do think that, that that further conversation could be had and, and I welcome that. I thank each of you for participating today and also am just so thrilled that we all get to work together as members of the Oklahoma Association for Infant Mental Health and, and welcome anybody who's interested to visit the website to find out more about how to connect with these resources and what's available across our state and also just how to support children and families to make sure that we are providing that resilience and that hope and that structure and connection and relationship for them. I thank each of you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you for asking us. Thank you.